Hi, I'm Ali Maldro, the host of A Public Affair on Tuesdays. You can listen to this show any day of the week, any hour of the day on the WORT smartphone app or on WORTFM.org. If you love what you hear, click that donate button and support community media. Your donation makes a huge difference. Six foot six above sea level. I grab the mic because I like to take you to another mental level. Low power frequency radio modulation. The big sound from underground. We bring the truth to places truth has never heard before. We bring the sound communication of our tribal war. Dark vision fly by helicopters. Good afternoon, Madison. You're listening to WORT 89.9 FM. I'm your host, Ali Muldrow. This is a public affair. Before we get started, huge shout out to John, Jade, and Shali Pittman, who are making it happen behind the scenes today. We have a great show for y'all. In March of this year, the governor appointed Sarah Galuski as the 29th secretary of the state of Wisconsin. She is, the, oh, she is only the third woman to hold the position. Tomorrow, she is being recognized as Emerge Wisconsin's Woman of the Year. Emerge is a nationwide organization that recruits and trains Democratic women to run for office. Ahead of the celebration, we're talking with Emerge Wisconsin's executive director, Arvina Martin, and the secretary herself, Sarah Godlewski. Welcome to the show, Sarah. How are you doing today? Oh my gosh, Ellie. It's so great to be here. Thanks it, for having me. I'm like, this is a fun way to get to hang out with you. I'm like, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty excited to to have two absolute powerhouses in in on the air with me. Arvina is in the studio. Arvina, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm super stoked to be a part of this meeting of the minds as well, let me just say. It's a cool conversation. Yeah, some, absolutely. some rad ladies talking about, you know, all things politics and women in politics. Sarah, I want to ask what 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 was the process in terms of becoming the 29th secretary of the state of Wisconsin? You've already been Wisconsin's treasurer. Um you ran for for Senate. What what does this role mean to you and and how did you end up in the seat? Well, it was um a complete shock, Ollie, when I uh, got the call from the governor and I remember ahead of time um, somebody from the governor's team said Sarah uh, the governor would like to meet you on Wednesday um, can you you know can we sit down and I go what do I need to be prepared for and they're like just be yourself and I'm like that's not very comforting um, <laughs> I like, and I want to have all my facts and figures and so I walk into this meeting with the governor unprepared and he starts talking about the treasurer's office and how we transformed this uh constitutional office and he said i'd like to appoint you as secretary of state and i was like oh my gosh i was completely shocked and of course honored that he even thought of me and um i think the biggest honor is public service but what i failed when i said yes immediate what I failed to do was ask when he needed me to serve. And so um, I follow up after I say yes, I go, so do I have a few weeks, a few months to be planning and really understanding the office? And he was like, no, it's Friday. And I go, Friday? And he's like, 48 hours Friday? And he goes, yes, 48 hours Friday. Um, so fast forward to Friday and it, I get a knock on my door early Friday morning and I'm trying to get my three-year-old to daycare and I open up the door and it's the lawyer for the governor and she's like, I'm here to swear you in. And I go, what? Because I had always been at one of these more formal presentations with a judge and like you give a speech and, um, I was in my Packer pajamas when I heard <laughs> the door. And so uh, there I was, my kid running around, and I took the oath of office in my Packer pajamas, which I don't think it could have been more Wisconsin than that. I, I think that that is almost the perfect swearing in. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that, like, having your kid, you know, run around while you're in your pajamas, um, you know, there's there's something really feminist about that to get to get you started. Arvina, what does it mean for Emerge to see one of your own uh, become secretary of state in, in Wisconsin? I mean, it it is a huge deal. Um, you know, we are so proud 
of Secretary Godlewski and the work that she's done um, as as state treasurer, um, you know, really revitalizing that office and and knowing that she can do the same thing for the Secretary of State's office. You know, it's it's been kind of uh, low key for the past several decades, and it's really exciting to see someone younger, someone who is a mother um, and has different experiences than a predecessor or even historically um, people who have been in that seat. You know, she's bringing much needed representation and 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 an open ear to listening um, as to what she can do in this role. And and. You know, I think it's amazing for our Emerge alums and Emerge program members that are going through this training program to see somebody who's done what what they're doing, who's run races like they have or will be going to be running and seeing them achieve something like this and to see that that her her hard work and and desire to to help the people of Wisconsin, you know, it, it is has paid off and she's getting the opportunity to do this work that we know is so needed. I, I think it's tremendously exciting to see kind of emerge or the folks who have have been trained under emerge really take that those tools um, and lead in a variety of capacities across the state. Arvina, you you are recently the executive director, yes. and I feel like now when I say recently, I'm like anything that happened in the last three years. But exactly. it's a pretty new, <laughs> oh yeah, a, a pretty yeah. new role for you. Yeah, uh, what does that leadership position mean to you, or or how has it felt for you um, to to really have have the wheel when it comes to emerge Wisconsin and getting the women of Wisconsin ready to run? I, I go back to, and, and this was what my feeling has been when I ran for office previously, um, is that when I was growing up here in Madison, I had tremendous support from my family, from the Madison Native Area community, um, from my tribe, and, and I've always, always felt a responsibility to use the education that I've received to help my community. And, and that's just been, you know, I... I I don't want to call it an obligation because that makes it sound like a negative, but you know, the opportunity to do good things for the people that that believed in me and and helped me get to where I am because none of us get anywhere without the help of of others. A self-made person is kind of a myth. Um but then being able to do that in this role at Emerge Wisconsin, to be able to search out talented women, and and I will also add talented non-binary folks who are comfortable in female-centered spaces are also welcome to apply and participate um, in Emerge. And being able to find those people that maybe hadn't thought about it, or or maybe they have thought about it, but then had been poo-pooed away from it. Um, it it's just incredible to see to see people going through the process and finding their voice and then kind of setting them out into the world and seeing the things that they accomplish is just, you know, it makes me feel like such a proud mama bear, you know, like, oh, look at all the babies going out and, and doing great things. And, and it's, you know, I'm really, I'm really so proud and so happy to have this opportunity to give back in this way as well. I'm so grateful that you're the person doing this work, Thank especially you. because you were the the first indigenous person to be on the Common Council here in Madison. Mm -hmm. And so you really know what it's like to have to talk about your identity, to um, have to be in spaces where you're isolated because of your identity. Sarah, uh, what are what are the things you're hoping to accomplish as secretary of state? What does this work like look like for you? Um, how are you planning to do this role differently than your predecessor, Doug LaFollette? Well, I mean, for starters, Ali, I think about something my mom said to me after I was elected um, the first time. She's a retired public school teacher in Eau Claire. And she said, Sarah, Heck now yes. that you're an elected official, remember, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. So more listening and less talking. All these politicians, they just talk, 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 talk. And so when I was first appointed into this role, that was something that was really important was traveling the state and really listening to folks. Like, what do they hope the Secretary of State can do for them? What's the difference that they make? What can we learn from the folks that we're supposed to be partnering with, like local government and clerks and public schools. And so 
I've spent a lot of time, um, whether it has been up in Superior or Barron County or Rock County or La Crosse, Eau Claire, Madison, Milwaukee, just meeting with people and listening. And I think what I'm so excited about is all the opportunity that this office can bring. Because when you, Ali, think about the Secretary of State, a lot of things come to mind. And the answer is, yes, the office probably does some of that, whether it is the State Department and our work, whether it's with international adoptions and expanding businesses to our work to support the business community um, with trade and investment to our work with democracy. And so while we don't run elections, we work with local governments. And so there is a lot of, I think, opportunity and um, we're excited to do what folks want, which is make sure government works for them and we're meeting people where they are. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to WORT 89.9 FM Madison. I'm your host, Ali Muldrow. This is A Public Affair. And today I'm talking with Sarah Godlewski and Arvina Martin. And we're talking about the fact that Sarah Godlewski was named Emerges uh, Woman of, of the Year. Uh Sarah, I think anybody who's met you would think that you were born for politics, that you are are so polished, you're so poised, um, you're so deeply committed to people. It is weird to think that you would at some point in your life go, I don't know if I'm right for this or I don't know if I'm ready for this. Like the idea that you needed to be trained by Emerge, um, I think is 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 deeply fascinating to me. Tell us tell us a little bit about how you got your start in politics and why you went to emerge to support you in in your decision to become an elected official. Well, I will say I feel like I'm the, the, the saying goes, you need to ask a woman five, seven, maybe nine times in order for them to actually see themselves in this role and for me i was no different i was one of those kids growing up that spent more time in the hallway or in detention um because i was always talking out a turn i was very far from being the exemplary student but the one thing that i did really like was organizing and i remember organizing kind of gave me an opportunity to go to something called girls badger state i don't know if you remember um, anything about Girls Badger State, but it's like civics camp for girls in high school. And um, when I was so excited, I finally got picked for something. I remember talking to a bunch of boys in my high school that were going to Boys Badger State. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be great. We can talk about, you know, like serving your community and all this stuff. And they're like, well, I don't even know why they have a Girls Badger State because it's not like women can run for office and win. And at this time, when I looked around, there weren't actually any women in elected office at that point um, in Wisconsin. So I, the federal delegation were all men, the state delegation were all men. And so I'm like, you know, maybe as we know, seeing is believing. And I'm like, maybe women can't step up and run. And so it wasn't until over 20 years later when I found Emerge, which was a like-minded group of women and was accepted, and they're like, you know, you can do this. And we've got your back. And we know that it's not going to be easy, but you have a support system that can help you get through it and really think through, how are you knocking on doors? How are you raising money? Like all of the challenging things that women are facing while balancing families, while ba balancing like perceptions about oh you're overly ambitious or maybe you should wait your turn or all sorts of comments that come with that um what to me was i think was so amazing was how emerge was the ones that were asking me the five to seven times to run but knowing that i had that network behind me that was saying you know what you can do this i think there's something you know really kind of profound about women showing up for one another, in part because we've been, you know, given this narrative throughout our lives um, that there that there isn't enough room for us, that there definitely isn't the, enough room for more than one of us um, and that we should be in competition with one another. I, I 
I think one of the reasons I want to ask you this question is I think about kind of the first few times I met you and it was always at events supporting women who were running. I think we were at a Chris Taylor event. I think we were at um, just in a couple spaces where the point of being there was to champion the leadership of, of other women. I, I think that it's always easier um, to to support than to be supported. It, it, there is something challenging about accepting that kind of outpouring of love and those people who think you're really, you know, you're really great and capable. I think it's always hard to kind of align the way you think about yourself with the way the people who are supporting think about you. Sarah, what has it meant for you to be supported by other women? What has that looked like for you? Um, and what does it mean to you to to be in the position where you get, you know, you get to as secretary of state show up and support other women as they run? Well, I, I think for me, it goes back to seeing is is believing. And one of the reasons that has always inspired me to step up and run has been knowing the importance that representation matters. I mean, one of the reasons why I even got the U.S. Senate race for the first in the first place was because when you looked at the U.S. Senate during COVID, the average age was a man in his white man in his 70s. And they were treating issues like child care and paid family leave, like political footballs um, to why we don't have Roe codified into law. And so if we had more women at that table, these things would have been done a long time ago. And so representation really, really matters. And knowing that, you know, we stand on so many shoulders of women who have come before us um, and just making sure that we continue this fight because it's interesting to think we have not made significant progress in the last 20 years when it comes to women serving in office. And I think that it's something we've got to continue to do is um, I have a T-shirt that I was going to wear today, Ollie, for the show that says, you know, you're as strong as the woman next to you. Mm. And I think that is so true. Uh, to your point, it's never about competing with each other. It's how can we support one another and lift each other up because we're all in this together. I, I so appreciate that. And I also want to push back, uh, particularly because you brought up Roe. Um, and, and I think it's important to talk about kind of the partisan political element of, of Emerge. But also, I think it's important in the state of Wisconsin to recognize that we have a Supreme Court that is majority yeah. women and has been majority women. In fact, it looks exactly like the school board. It is six women and one guy um, here in Madison. So just having women at the table is is not enough in terms of you know codifying something like the right to abortion in law we had we had six women in as as our super as our our state supreme court um during the time that abortion was essentially illegal in Wisconsin and and abortion services were inaccessible. Arvina, can you talk a little bit about kind of the stance Emerge has on the kinds of women you all will support? So you mentioned non-binary folks. I know Emerge um, has championed inclusion of women of color. I know Emerge has championed the the leadership of trans women. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is is a line for who, who gets your support and who doesn't how do you all determine who is eligible to participate and emerge and and why is it important um that you all distinguish which which women you're supporting and which women you are not yeah i mean we you know as an organization train specifically democratic women to run for office we are looking um for progressive women we are looking for centrist women you know they're depending on where they are in the state is where where they're going to make the most impact we want we look at so many factors um and and things like you know, being pro-choice is a very important part of of our process. We want to make sure that we are um, putting out folks that are going to be supportive of the issues that we face as as women, um, cis or trans, and or as non-binary folks. Um, and you know, 
we we're taking a really really active stance in uh, in working with and training members of what's called the new american majority and um if you're not familiar with that term the new american majority includes um uh women uh unmarried women uh single mothers uh women and women of color and so and and women under the age of 35. so this is a group a segment of our population that is going to be um a much larger part of the electorate going forward in like in the next decade or so um and is already a substantial part of wisconsin's uh uh voting age population um but those are all folks that are underrepresented and so making sure that that the people that we uh, accept and train are representative of our populace, are representative of new ideas and and new experiences that that maybe we've not had um, either elected or participate in emerge, um, and and you know these this diversity of experiences is is you know what makes our representational governments work so much better i always the, the i always talk about blind spots and we all have them i mean none of us is so good that we don't have them so when we when we expand our legislative bodies and and governmental bodies whether they're boards and commissions or you know school board or city council on up to u.s senate um when folks have different experiences that collective blind spot gets smaller Secretary Godlewski was talking about the about childcare and how, um, you know, at, during the pandemic, with an average age of seventy years old and mostly white men in the U.S. Senate, I mean, I remember seeing on the news that they were all shocked, shocked Pikachu face when people were like, "We need to figure out something about uh, about childcare during this pandemic because you know the kids aren't in school and what what are we supposed to do? Both parents work, and these." older guys were just like say what now and <laughs> and i'm sure between the three of us all of us would be like yeah we need some place for our kids to go during the day um and ha and so they're healthy and thriving as much as possible and and it's just those kinds of experiences that we're looking for and and perspectives that are different from what is currently out there Mm. I, I also really appreciate that I get to have this conversation on WORT 89.9 FM Madison. This is a public affair. I'm your host, Ali Maldro, with two moms. Sarah Godlewski and Arvina Ma Martin are both mamas. Um, and I think that that adds a layer of complexity when you run for office. I, I've talked to you know, everybody from Supreme Court candidates to kind of local electeds about the kinds of questions you get about balancing parenting and your political career when you are a mama. Sarah, as as you know, one of one of a few statewide elected officials are are people critical of you as a parent of a toddler? Um, and and what what does that look like for you in terms of talking about who you are as a parent and and how your family factors in uh, to your relationship with governing? Yeah, I mean for sure, Ali. I, I I'm like many women who run for office with younger kids. People ask me, well, who's taking care of your child, and can you really balance it all? And my response is, are you asking that of the men with little kids the same question? Um, or I will. You know make fun of it and i'm like my husband's really great at taking care of our child that you know I yeah and, mean, you, and i think you were in office when you were pregnant right you yeah your parent your your parenting career um and your political career are pretty parallel um and and right. cheers to you man like pregnancy is is got a series <laughs> of challenges i was also in office pregnant um and and i think you know I, I do think it's interesting how often women are asked about where their kids are or what their kids will be doing um, while they work. Sarah, I, I know we've got you for just a, a couple more minutes. Can you talk for just a second about how you feel accepting this award, um, what what it means to, to be recognized by Emerge in this way? Well, it was such an honor when Arvina called me to say, you are emerges woman of the year and i was like wait me um and so it was um really special uh to be uh, identified in that way because for me politics is a team sport 
this role, this office. And as I mentioned earlier, I stand on so many women's shoulders who have been there for me. And I hope I can continue to be there for others because we're so much better when we all work together. Um, and so, and seeing is believing. And so for those women that are on the call today, Ali, that are thinking about running for office, you can do it. We're here to support you. Um, and so I'm asking you once, and then uh, I'm sure there are three other people who will ask you again, so you'll get to five very quickly. You know, I think we're going to join in on that ask. But I just want to remind folks, if you have questions about how to run for office, we have Arvina Martin here for the next half an hour. She is the executive director of Emerge. Our number is 256-2001. Give us a call. Sarah, congratulations on your, your award. Thank you so much for joining us today on WORT 89.9 FM. This is a public affair. I'm your host, Ali Muldrow. Sarah, I hope the rest of your day is great. This has been so much fun, Ali. Thanks for having me. I would love to come back anytime. We'll hold you to that. We're excited to get to talk to you again. Sarah, thank you so much for serving the state of Wisconsin. Arvina, I, I want to dive into the conversation around, you know, the work of Emerge. So mm -hmm. if somebody is listening to us and they are thinking, hey, maybe I want to run or maybe I want to convince my bestie to run or maybe like my aunt just retired and she would be amazing. If, if folks are thinking about how to change the political climate in Wisconsin and they are thinking about how to, you know, encourage somebody to get out there and become a candidate, what are the opportunities to work with Emerge right now? Well, we are, uh, we have our applications open right now for our next cohort. Um, we're going to be starting in January 2024, and it is a six-month training that happens monthly, um, one weekend a month. So it's not, you know, it's not like you're taking on an extra, you know, like a, a semester-long class that you've got to go to, you know, every other day or, or anything like that. So, um, and we also want to be able to make accommodations because of things that we were we've been talking about that come up in our lives um family um illness you know we're often caretakers not just of our children but of our parents or elder relatives so you know we we try to be able to provide a certain amount of flexibility with the training because understanding that that that's going to be needed, you know, going forward in, in this kind of political journey. Um, if you are interested, you can go to our website, which is wi.emergeamerica.org. And we have a pop-up video that'll take you straight to the application. Um, you know, if you're thinking about it and you're like, I don't know if I'm ready yet, check out your local county party meetings. They happen monthly. You know, you can start to get to know some of the people that are, that are you know, grassroots activists, people that do the work on the ground, um, people that plan things and and as well as your local electeds and just ask questions. Um, I know that when when I first ran, I reached out uh, to the elder that was vacating the the spot. Uh, it was Chris Schmidt, and I I think I surprised him that I when I came in the, the first thing I didn't do was ask him for his support. The first thing I did was ask him what is your day-to-day -day like? What is your favorite part of being on city council? What is the, your least favorite part? And and trying to get to know the details, um, you know, just start looking up research, you know, in, in, in all of these different political fields, you know, um, but county parties is a great way to start. Looking at Emerge, reaching out to us here at Emerge is another great way to start. And we are happy to help point you in a direction that's that's going to be a good fit for you because it's important to have a good fit um you know maybe a, pr a program like emerges isn't exactly what is going to fit into your schedule um maybe i can then recommend you or or direct you to some of our partner organizations you know like wisconsin progress or run for something um you know these are all organizations and, and there's many more um that do similar kind of work and and we all kind of, you know, as opposed to cannibalizing each other, we work together and recommend each other's programs to folks because we want to cast as wide a net as we can and, and get folks involved. What was it that drew you to emerge, you know, as as a person who was considering becoming a, a candidate? 
what what was it that because i think i think it is easier for somebody to convince you to run for office if they themselves have not run for office <laughs> but you are, are are a seasoned you know political operative you've run for office you've been elected you know kind of the good the bad and the ugly of mm-hmm. it um did did you did you decide that you wanted to train with emerge um because you were curious or was it a step in your plan to to become an elected official i so i had started working in politics officially around the recalls um i had a young child at home and was going through a divorce and went um and was a an intern with the comms department the communications department at the state party and then act 10 happened and then all of a sudden an internship turned into a paid job doing nate work with uh, native american communities and getting them involved in the the recall and and uh later than with the Obama campaign. Um, And I just, through that work, I met so many amazing women and, and I would see them all greet each other and be like, this is my Emerge sister. Oh yeah. And, and they were all so cool and they were all just such powerhouses. And, you know, I even think about like, I'm older than say Annalise Eicher, but I saw her making a difference as a County board member when she was in school and thinking, She's awesome, you know. Isn't she? She was here last week. Yeah. Shout out to Annalise. We love you. Yeah, and, and Carousel Baird, who was was my county supervisor. You know, like I just saw all of these, I, I, and I got to know people who became colleagues and friends who participated, and and it was really much. It was that seeing yourself in it, and I could see myself in them, and I wanted, I wanted to be a part of that, and. I, I don't know that I was 100% sure I would run for office, but I knew that I was going to be working in politics and knew that this kind of training was kind of like an extracurricular way for me to learn more about the field and what what would be involved. Um, and so, you know, it, it was really, I really, really wanted to be part of that network of just these amazing women that were making changes left and right. And that's, I wanted to be, I wanted to be like them when I grew up. (laughs) I, I so appreciate that. And I think, uh, I think about why I didn't, uh, want to be part of Emerge. And I think I look back to when I, I first made, um, the decision to run or people were first asking me to run, um, and Emerge seemed like a tool that was more relevant if you were a white woman. Um, it did not necessarily seem like a space for women of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know a lot of women of color who had leveraged that network to kind of get their foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what you as executive director hope to do to ensure that women of of all kinds of identities and backgrounds mm-hmm can participate and emerge. Um, I think you being the leader for me, I'm like, wow, I think had 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 you been the executive director at the time I was exploring running, um, I may have been more interested in yeah. seeking emerge's support because there's something there's something really powerful about mm-hmm. seeing a woman of color uh at at you know, at the at the wheel when it comes to an organization like that. Yeah. Well, you know, so much of it is about relationship building and in politics, relationship building can always often very frequently, as you know, break down into a kind of transactional relationship where, you know, if you're a candidate or you're running running an organization, you go to see other people to get money and then, you know, you talk to them again when it's time for them to vote for you or when you need more money. And it's it's not a reciprocal relationship. Um, and so I am working really hard. And, and this is a long process um, because, you know, in order to do and create these authentic relationships, there has to be a lot more listening on my on my end um, and reaching out to communities that I'm not a part of. Um, I have reached out to lots of tribes and native folks here in, in the state of Wisconsin because, you know, I'm a part of that community and I know it well and, and starting to build, you know, authentic relationships between tribes, organizations that work with tribes um, and, and tribal people um, with the organization. And I want to be able to do that with other communities of which I'm not a part of. Um, but that 
takes a lot of humility and, and it takes a lot of listening and the process can be slow. Um, but that's how you actually build those authentic relationships and build that trust that that somebody from, you know, from maybe somebody from the Hmong community will understand that we are going to try to do our best by, you know, a Hmong participant in our program and give them the tools they need, but also listen to see. I, again, it comes back to those blind spots. Um, and I uh, consider myself fortunate enough to know that there's a lot I don't know. Mm. And that kind of that kind of realization and understanding is so important um, because then I it makes me feel more comfortable reaching out saying, OK, I mean, I, I think about about specifically a conversation with I had uh, that I had with Angela Lang of Block Black Leaders Organizing Communities. Phenomenal. Yeah, right powerhouse i've been a fan of her since she was an emerge i mean we can fangirl all day oh yeah like, oh she's, yeah she's the best <laughs> like i'm 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 for angela Bond. yeah abso- absolutely um and you know she was talking to me about about trying to figure out how we include talking to our entire cohort about when we send volunteers out what kind of instructions or what kind of help and assistance and support are we going to give to our black volunteers that are going out and knocking door to door? Now that might not be something that a lot of folks, if they're not black or if they don't have close black friends, they might not think about that. But absolutely, if you if if we if we're going to be putting out candidates that are supportive of their community, making sure that they are supportive of the volunteers that are from that community, and so you know making sure that that not only do do people of differing identities feel supported and and um a part of the cohort a part of the class a part of the the emerged family um but but also making sure that people um are able to at least know that there are things that they don't know and that it's okay to ask questions if you're coming in a genuine and and you know a genuine way uh, to somebody and a good heart i mean um and and learning that way i think is a big deal but trying not to the other part is of course trying not to put that responsibility to educate on the the folks in the cohort who are of that identity yeah um that's so hard i think it's really interesting to think about kind of the different (laughs) things that people of color need to be supported and the different experiences people Mm -hmm. of color have when they run for office so i think about somebody like sheila stubbs who was doing doors with her mom and her kid and somebody called the police on her accused her of of selling drugs you don't you don't hear that story Mm -hmm. from white women who have run for for office locally yeah um I, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Sheila was in my eMERGE class as well. And and that's what I was thinking of, of, of her canvassing in a majority white neighborhood and having the cops called. Do you think that there were moments in, in your eMERGE education where you, as, as a person of color, or Sheila, as a person of color, were prepared to confront racism on the campaign trail? I don't know that we directly got it from eMERGE, but I think that that where Emerge was at the time, the people that were participating are the folks that kind of are aware and knew that that kind of thing was going to happen. But there wasn't any kind of specific education or discussion on that. Um, And so, you know, being a Native person, a Ho-Chunk woman here in Madison, it's you know, I'm used to being the other. I'm used to being the only Native person or only Native woman in the room, you know, when conversations are happening. And I'm used to misconceptions. So it didn't hit me as hard. But I think that that's because it was that's kind of more of a a factor of the, the fact that the women that were applying and participating at that time kind of already had that in their head. Um, not to say that, that that they don't now, but now we're more actively talking about it. Um, our, the, our training, we, we are an affiliate of a national eMERGE organization. Um, we are constantly updating our trainings um, based on feedback from our, our cohort participants and um, making sure that things are up to date. So not just things like 
making sure you know saying going back to in in person events versus all of the zoom events that we did during the pandemic you know it's that kind of training but it's also um taking the experiences that that our program members have had nationwide and making sure that they're included and we also um have changed things in that we are our our whole diversity or DEI segment is no longer just a segment of our training. We, our goal is to have it the first weekend or the second weekend of training and make it, and, and not just leaving the conversation of diversity, equity, and inclusion in that particular, you know, mod program module, but making sure that when we talk about fundraising, we're talking about who are we reaching out to? How are you going to get to the people that you don't have access access i'm doing finger quotes for other radio people to you know um like how how do you get into the and get, reach out to the communities that you don't work you know don't aren't a member of you know how do you try if you have a lot of apartment buildings how do you try to reach and access those voters whose votes are very important but you can't necessarily get into the building um you know making sure that you are that that this is a part of the entire training as opposed to just a, just a section. And I think Arvina, it's a big change. I could talk to you forever. <laughs> you are listening to WORT 89.9 FM. I'm your host, Ali Muldrow. This is a public affair. I'm on the air live with Arvina Martin, who is in the studio with me. Um, I, wa I want to take you back to kind of Donald Trump's election, which was a pretty jarring election and had a, some real implications in terms of gender politics. I think there was a sense that after Hillary Clinton um, lost and the upset of Hillary Clinton's loss that we needed to start talking about the reality of how electable women are in the United States. Can you talk a little bit about some of the the realities of electability for women are communities ready to elect women what positions are our communities more or less comfortable electing women to um what what is the the real conversation i think some of what happened um and i think we see this in kind of the conversation around biden is that folks started to say we would rather run a progressive man and win um than run a progressive woman and lose mm -hmm. how how do you deal with that rhetoric as the executive director of emerge how do you talk about the electability of women and how do we change um how women are perceived as electable yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, as all of the things that we've talked about so far, this could be like PhD level theses, you know, know, like huge I studies. I just asked you a question that we could spend <laughs> two hours talking about, and I'm like, we got about 10 minutes left. <laughs> Let me know what you think. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why it's important to keep flooding our, our electoral races with women, because we're not going anywhere. You know, we are going to be here regardless um and and i think i think more of that exposure and seeing it is is part of what what makes people who might not be naturally inclined to vote for a woman think oh yeah well well and i also think that the story of a woman a woman losing on that scale becomes mm -hmm. so big that it is easy to forget about a woman like tammy baldwin mm -hmm. who has never lost an election right you have a, a woman like elizabeth warren who has never lost an election you have women who have been being elected for decades mm -hmm. um who are major players in our political arena and still in a place like Wisconsin, there is the question, can this person of color win? Should they run? Um, yeah. Can this kind of woman win? Should they run? Can a woman win for an executive position? Can mm -hmm. a woman be governor? Um, the, Wisconsin, the state of Wisconsin has never, you know, there are still so many roles in our state mm -hmm. that women have never had. Yeah. What is what is the work of Emerge in, in terms of changing that? And, and what part of that work is about getting women ready to run and what part of that work is about getting our community ready for women to run yeah i mean a, a lot of it is is who is running um when we when we do our trainings for emerge we are not training women or any of our program members to be candidate emerge you know and, and i've heard people say oh that's you know they're the emerge person like that meant that there was something 
that you could discern yeah, from that. I, I've heard bodies of a government be critical of how many emerge people are on, you know, how many emerge women yeah. are on any given body of governance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's part of our societal misogyny that still lays there. Um, and when we are choosing women and non-binary folks to participate in our training programs and when we do their trainings we're not trying to get them to fit in a box we are trying to give them the tools and the ability to speak about themselves authentically and i think that that perhaps in the past women have felt like they've got to fit a certain mold in order to be considered electable and and I think that that and does you a- absolutely do not. And here's how me and Arvina know exactly. you don't have to fit that mold is we have both been elected and we don't <laughs> fit whatever the mold mm-hmm. is, however thin or blonde or rich or whatever you're supposed to be. We are not it. No. And, and we were elected. Exactly. Because we because we ran on who we were or, and and continue to be. And and that that when a voter goes and casts their ballot for you, Ali, they know how you they know how you are because the person you are as candidate Ali is the person who you are as at home, you know, regular Ali, you know, <laughs> and and being able to run in with that kind of empowerment to say, yeah, this is who I am and this is what you're you're going to get from me. I'm not going to fit into this particular box that you want to put me in. And that's part of my strength. And 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 I think that that it's all about that authenticity authenticity and that um that you know the women that are out there and running are more confident in who they are and less likely to take a stand or something that that may feel wrong to them like to their core and who they are as a a human being and as a candidate and and i think that that authenticity really starts to ring true to people and and it's you can't really deny that kind of authenticity and and understanding you know this is someone from my community and I understand that this is these are the experiences that made them them. They've told me I've seen them in the community. Um, you know, sometimes it gets to be hard to be able to to just throw out, well, they're a woman, I'm not going to vote for them. Did you ever have a to- have a hard time in your own experience, experience teasing out what was racist? Um, what was anti-native? What was sexist? What was classist? What What was the different reasons that mm-hmm. you were attacked or talked about in certain ways? Um, how did you, as a person who who sits at the intersection of multiple marginalized identities, mm-hmm. how did you navigate those? And how do you how do you tell your your emerge cohorts, um, especially the folks who? their gender identity is not the only reason that mm-hmm. they are discriminated against or oppressed. How do you how do you have an expansive conversation with folks who are going to have to navigate uh, multiple multiple marginalized identities as they run for office? Yeah, I mean, that's a huge, huge question. And I think that that the biggest part for me is to make sure that they know that this is nothing This says nothing about them. Mm. Uh, that it says everything about the person casting that that kind of um you know slur or whatever it is or whatever you know thing like being called too ambitious you know sarah mentioned that earlier i've been called too ambitious i'm like really why would you want someone in office who's not ambitious you know like that's why is that a bad thing yeah i mean i think there's always this undertone of be realistic Mm -hmm. how far do you think you're gonna get how far can you take this and i think it's it's exciting to hear women particularly women in wisconsin Mm -hmm. say we're going to take this as far as we can. We're going to take this to the White House. We're going to take this to the governor's mansion. Exactly. Um, and look at how far you all have gotten. Mm-hmm. Is is there there's something personal for you in seeing Sarah Godlewski recognized as the woman of the year from Wisconsin, um, you know, and, and to see the, the work of, of Wisconsin results, you know, the work of Emerge Wisconsin result in seeing a a woman as secretary of state right now it's it's really it's really amazing and i also want to point out that that she came 
into office as an appointee and that's another valid way to get to office and and um you know she's run races she has and she's won them um as well it's it's I mean, she's just such a powerhouse. And, you know, and I look, she's, to me, she's the epitome of lift while you climb. And like, there's a gif of of, like a woman trying to climb up a ladder and then you see her turn around and help the next woman up who does the same. And, and she, she is so great at being both a role model, but a cheerleader and a champion for other women. I completely agree. And, and I think that, it's the it's the combination of the things that she's achieved and the things that she wants to give back is is what makes her someone who is like the ideal winner of an award like woman of the year i have a fun question for you from shally Pittman. so let's say it's nikki haley versus biden who do you vote for talk to us a little bit uh about how you hope uh 2024 goes I, you know, I'm happy to look at Nikki Haley's policy stances and I have looked at, you know, I've heard her in the debates and and her policy stances do not align with mine at all. Yes, if you're asking me this question, Charlie Pittman, um, I'm going Biden all day. Yeah, I'm but, going hard, hard for Biden and Harris. Exactly. Um, and I do think, you know, we forget that that. Vice President Harris is the first woman to be the vice president. She's the first Asian woman. She's the first black woman. She is... Um, it per, per, she's the first person who is not a white man to ever have that job. So, and can I throw in a nice tidbit about her too? Oh, please. So, Emerge actually started to help get Kamala Harris elected district attorney in San Francisco. What? Yes. So while she's not actually an official Emerge alum, she is absolutely an Emerge alum. She's one of ours. And I got to meet her at when the the Democratic um, attorneys general were meeting in Wisconsin. And when they announced my name and and they they said from Emerge Wisconsin, she did like the little hop and the like tiny (laughs) clap because she was excited. And I almost cried. She's like, I love Emerge. Tell me exactly. And like. It was just it was so outstanding. And and she she's one of those people, too, that is coming back and trying to see how she can, you know, lift as she has been climbing for her career. I you know, her representation is so ridiculously important um, that, you know, I have no problem voting for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And I look forward to seeing her run for president too someday it was it was wonderful when she did and i think that was one of the most exciting things and i will say i am excited about the republican primary having women at the forefront of the debate i am exactly i'm not voting for nikki but i'm not mad at her for for getting out there and holding the men of her party accountable exactly i i wish i could talk to you all day long armina martin (laughs) i want to thank you for the work that you're doing with our with emerge i want to thank you for for joining us here today on WORD 89.9 FM. I'm Ali Muldrow. This is a public affair. Huge shout out to Jean, Polly, I'm sorry, John, Shali, and Jade for making today happen. You all are the best, even when I can like barely pronounce your names. My bad. I'm so sorry. In sedition, like the Wall Street morning afternoon edition, commandeering airwaves from unknown positions. Live and direct, we come and never be recorded.